0: good people of the internet it is time for on comicsground.com's flagship podcast panel to panel where a bunch of folks shoot the breeze and talk about comic books and such i just surprised my entire cast and went live (laughs) i don't even care we were big conversation about the arkham games i said
1: go Fine. We, we are
0: here live for episode 10. We are here back after a little little bit of a break getting things reevaluated and restructured. We are here back to get things going for you for our pre-San Diego Comic-Con show where we've had so much news come out in the the past few days about so many amazing things. We want to sit here and talk about it for you as next week is San Diego Comic-Con. We will most likely have a guest we will have some fun talking about all the announcements that we will have heard Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. and Anything that came out on Sunday we won't know about, but we will still talk about stuff and whatnot. So, um, to my left, we have the man who is not dead from heat stroke, thank the Lord. <laughs> Mr. California Construction Welder Man, Travis, how you doing? Oh,
1: a lot better. I just kicked off my boots and... <laughs> All that 130-degree sweat is hitting this air, and it feels so good.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And to my right, we have the woman who is pumped, is dying for Batwoman to come to CW this fall. Mary, how you doing tonight?
2: I'm doing okay.
0: That's what's up. That's what's up. And as always, my name is James Portis. I'm excited about what's going on in the comic book industry. We have some amazing topics for you tonight. Don't forget to follow the podcast at on Twitter at um, PTP underscore podcast. Follow our website on Comics Ground on Twitter and Instagram at On Comics Ground. Check out our website, On Comics Ground, with hyphens between the words, dot com every day well, weekday, for all of the latest news and opinion pieces and reviews about the latest comic books. And we are going to get into it right now. So, no, that's not how that works. Um, so someone tried to call me and I'm like, no, I'm doing a show. Okay, so first topic of the evening is that Forbes has announced today that as of Friday night sales, Spider-Man Far From Home has a officially reached 13.4 million dollars and i think that's, that's a pretty good number for the for the, like like this tail end of the infinity saga um who has seen this movie
2: me <laughs> Did you, mary you didn't go see it i haven't even seen homecoming oh damn i'm not a super huge spider person
0: that's fair Travis, did you go see it? No, I have not. <laughs> <laughs> we have failed. Wait, Mary, what, what, didn't you go see a movie recently? Oh no, you went and saw Weird Al. That's what that was. You went and saw. Yeah, Weird no, Al. We, went
2: to, we went to a Weird Al concert.
0: Okay. Oh yeah, you said you turned down Dark Phoenix to go see Weird Al. That's what it was. Okay. A
2: Dark Phoenix.
0: <laughs> oh, wait, you saw Dark Phoenix?
2: Paid IMAX money to go you
0: see. You paid dark IMAX money to see Dark <laughs> Phoenix. Are you that? Oh my God. No, no, no.
2: We had AMC and matinee IMAX prices are like $8.99. What? We had a, like a $5 Fandango reward card.
0: That is crazy. Well. Yeah,
2: so. Dark Phoenix, not great, but it's not as terrible as...
0: I will stand by Last Stand. I will fight to the death for that movie. Yes, it is flawed, but that movie is still has some good heart in it. I love it.
2: You know, I'm going to go off on a tiny little Dark Phoenix tangent here. I think why Victoria and I kind of did enjoy it as much as we did is that we did see it in IMAX. And those Phoenix effects in IMAX were super dope.
0: Oh, so if you if you didn't see it in IMAX, you probably wouldn't like it as much
2: to Turner, and she brings everything she can to this character. They did the absolute best with what they were given.
0: Okay, that's fair. Well, in regards to Spider-Man: uh, Far From Home, you can go check out our Spider-Man podcast, "Living on the Edge," for a full in-depth analysis and discussion about that with myself, um, the host of the show, Alec, and uh, our special guest Ian, who was one of our writers. We talked; we got really in-depth talking about it. But short and sweet of it, this movie kind of just blew everything up and was like, okay, wait a couple more years and we'll come back to this giant mess we just left. And it's like, oh, God, this is what's happening. That, that's, that's scary. So that'll be fun to come back to. Um, I, I'm, I'm wondering what the future of the MCU is now that we've gotten this finality. And, like, it leaves it in a weird place. So I wonder what could be next for the next slate of movies.
2: I think we're going to see a complete tonal, like not a tonal shift. It's still going to be like line joke, line joke, but kind of a focus with the MCU, if that makes any sense. I think they're going to start moving into newer comic properties as opposed to expanding on existing ones that weren't touched on in the first round of what are they calling it? The infinity saga. Yeah.
0: They're calling it the infinity saga.
2: Yeah. So I think we're going to kind of move from those characters through to some newer ones. Cause we're seeing, I've seen some Twitter rumors going around that um, a slate of movies may have been released um, on Facebook page and, it was rumored that, I mean, these are all unsubstantiated, but like Dark Avengers, um, Ooh, Dark Avengers. getting a movie. Okay. To move on to a more recently introduced prop of characters as opposed to expanding into additional Avengers characters.
0: Okay. That makes sense. I'm done. That
1: makes a lot of sense
0: um travis what do you think
1: uh honestly i am at risk of going full fanboy here i i really hope that despite what they say that they lead up for the next phase being some kind of like house of m type of thing because all the elements oh. are there
0: you know what i would do <laughs> for a house of M movie fam like it, like I, i'd break some ankles to make that happen like like just a note, like, bro. Like, but the thing is, we need so much like ground to cover, and the fact that we just yeah. kicked all the Avengers out the door, I don't think that'll ever be a thing. Like, the most we would get is if Marvel ever got their animation department together, we might get an animated movie. But I, ne- I don't see it happening, and it sucks. Mm, they don't like right. do animated movies. They used to. They had stuff like the Doctor Strange movie and like Invincible Iron Man and stuff like that. I miss those kind of movies. And like ever since then, the most we get is like a Lego movie of like, 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 like we were yeah. Lego Black Panther recently and I was like, bruh, y'all y'all need to do better well, than
1: this. <laughs> well like with the with the way that I'm seeing it, they we need a new a new Wolverine. We we need to have the X Men brought into it, and I feel like there's no better time to have Professor X show up than after uh Wanda's losing of the vision. You know what I mean? Ooh. That's that seems like the perfect storm of things to have her you know absorb him like she did and then i don't care about any of the movie as long as they have clint shooting wanda with arrows being oh, like God. what's wrong with you oh, like, that's, that's honestly that's the scene i
0: need like <laughs> See, and that's the thing do you know how clean that would have been as like a back door to everything if they would have kept natasha alive and killed clint and then have uh, Wanda bring him back by, like, destroying the universe and just have House of M in, like, its own little way. That would have been so clean and so respectful to, like, how comics had been that it would have been fine. And Reddit could have keep acting and doing his thing, but they ruined it. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. But, but no, like, hope, but, but, yes, please go check out our, our discussion on... Um, far from home hopefully the next slate of mcu movies are amazing uh you heard our opinions here we are going to get into this topic that had black twitter and comic twitter up in just emotion this week so naomi this book (laughs) i love how i just (laughs) say naomi and she just reaches out and says my heart and the worst part was <laughs> behind the scenes, Mary just hops up in the group chat and just like starts yelling about it, and I'm just like, "What are you talking about?" And then she posts it, and then she posts it, and I'm like, "You can't just go at my heart and not explain yourself."
2: <laughs> uh, we should we should say um, just in advance because we don't do this well, but spoilers, slight, very slight spoilers for Naomi number six.
0: Yes, slight spoilers. Like, it just came out, so it's slight spoilers of, like, a couple days, but it's definitely a thing. So, Naomi, this character that Brian Michael Bendis and David F. Walker have been writing ever since the Wonder Comics imprint began, um, it's this weird book that apparently she lives in a small town, Superman comes, like, flying in one day when no one had ever noticed that before, and we find out that her dad's an alien, um, I haven't got past issue four still. Like, I forget if, it, if her mom's an alien, too. Like, and, and like, all this different stuff going on. And Mary, you're, you've read more of it than I have. What has been going on in this book?
2: Well, since the trade hasn't hit, I don't want to reveal too much. But um, Naomi is a black teenage girl who was adopted um, into a family. That her adoptive father is an alien, and it's more about her journey of self-discovery and figuring out who she is and whether or not she is from Earth herself. It is a very emotional read. It's got a lot of good action in it, but it it's, a, it's a it's a character driven bit, and I think it does that a little better than Bendis does. Oh, this yes. has it, it is a joint effort, but it has David F. Walker all over it. Yes.
0: So much. Like, I I feel like Bendis is like, hey, like, this is what I want you to do, but make it the heartfelt thing that you do really well while I go write Young <laughs> Justice and ruin it. I'm like,
2: ugh. Naomi feels naturally relatable. She is a character. She feels very naturally relatable. It's not kind of that forced comic book, you know, this character is... Kind of the quirky, nerdy stereotype kind of a thing. She's very much, um, I think that really the last time we saw that happen was with Kamala Khan, about she's just very naturally relatable as a character.
0: That's a good comparison. And
2: so, in compare Naomi to Kamala in the sense that they are fully fleshed out, personable characters. So, the like big- I said, um, Right. And Issue six leads into a trade release, so I don't want to give out all of the story because there are plenty of people who are waiting for the trade.
0: Yes, but the big thing that sent comic Twitter and Black Twitter in, in a in a fuss this week, and why Mary keeps saying her heart, and why I have my heart just just it's full of emotion. I probably tra- Travis. Did you hear about this?
1: No, I I have been sleeping on Naomi apparently because I'm oh. hearing all this. I'm like, wow. What? This is also Oh stuff god, like. Travis is getting a live reaction to this.
0: Okay, so it was revealed at the like towards the end of the issue apparently that Naomi's last name is McDuffie.
1: What <laughs> and uh Ben All is right. con- Wait a minute. <laughs> I need I need to read this book now cuz I'm like cuz you guys are like air, alien parentage and stuff like and so I'm inside I want I want it to be icon and I'm going to Bruh, book right now. Do you know what <laughs> I would do? Oh my god. <laughs> okay.
2: Well, for someone listening who doesn't understand the significance, uh, the tribute is to legendary comic creator Dwayne McDuffie who very tragically died in um, 2011, um, a day after his 49th birthday. Implications from emergency heart surgery, if I remember. But um, he was the co-founder, one of the co-founders of Milestone Comics. I mean, can I say, you know, he is absolutely legendary. Yes.
0: It is sad that we do not have him here to help influence the next generation. And with this like like thing that has come up, and with Naomi's been this weird outlier that has been going on with just DC as a whole right now, but also comic speculation where almost every one of, of her issue sells out, goes to multiple prints. It's just this collector's item because people want to know about the mystery and know what's going on with her. And I, I, issue six is gonna be flying up f- from the tribute alone. Like holy crap! And I'm just. It gives me a little bit of hope that maybe there is a possibility for a change in DC in regards to African American heroes. Because we, and like this can be a little bit of a beta test, because um, for those who don't know, we announced it uh, like a few months back that our newest uh, uh, podcast, Blurred Grounds, is starting next month, where we talk about everything with with African American nerds, uh, culture, and whatnot. But, But myself and Travis are a part of this and Mary being the milestone guru that she is and how much she cares about diversity. This is a topic that I feel like we could discuss here of what can we really do to fix the problem of African-American representation at the big two? Because I, I, Naomi has been this weird outlier that's just been going and selling out and doing amazingly, but a Vixen book can't sell a black lightning book can't sell. Like, John Stewart has except for a mini series never had a like a, a like a whole a good selling book. Like do do we need to just rec- recreate a new slew of characters for DC to, to prop up or what do we do?
2: Um I mean obviously I can't speak a lot to this but Back through the history of some of these characters, and I really do pride myself on comic book history. Yes. Um, the effort, anyway, the effort just was not there. I think that's something, and you know, I love DC. I do. I love them so, so much, but as a DC fan, like, I feel like we should be the first to call them out on their bullcrap.
0: Yes.
1: Yeah.
2: They have dropped yes. the ball time and again when it comes to uh black characters and black superheroes i mean john stewart he was a character but he's not a fan favorite character because of the comic books
0: he's a fan favorite because a... of the tv show yep
2: because of the tv show and same thing with static shock where you know or just static in my opinion in my when he was published through milestone he was just static but in the same thing with static is that he he's not popular because everybody read milestone he's popular because he had the cartoon He
0: had the casual effect happen to him
2: not actually a bad thing and i'm not i don't want it to sound like i'm saying that that's a bad thing at all But they put the effort into uh, television and and not necessarily movies, but you know what I mean. They put that effort into a casual medium, not put into comics. A most recent example from DC is Black Lightning. Yes. Black Black Lightning is probably, I think as of right now, correct me if I'm wrong, but probably uh, the highest uh, critically rated show, uh, DC show on the CW.
0: It probably is
2: didn't give that same effort into a Black Lightning comic. Simultaneously with the first season, but (coughs) it was different. Mm. It does read a comic adaptation, they get weirded out when it's not what they're watching on TV. in a comic book store I worked there for a couple years and I worked in a warehouse and all that kind of stuff and TV and movies they don't necessarily sell the books but you do have a percentage of the audience that will come in looking for a companion or a tie-in or whatever you know anybody who would come in looking for the first couple issues of Black Lightning I would see them flip through it and then I would see them put them back Mm -hmm. because it wasn't what they were seeing DC's biggest failing is that post milestone it's not there.
0: So depressing. Yeah. No. Nah. No, you're fine. No. Nah. Uh Travis, you like you and I like kind of get it a little bit, and I know Mary gets it because we both, her and I both grow in the, the the Midwest when it comes to middle middle to lower class poverty and whatnot and it like the issue. In regards to like the whole system of capitalism, and the issue at hand here is that a lot of African Americans can't really afford to buy comic books. So it's, it's kind of a good thing that we had those t- that TV show experience growing up, but even now there's it's still like both companies are painted in white. Black Panther is out there. Black Lightning has a TV show. Static and, and John we grew up with them, but they still don't have current books besides T'Challa because his movie did well is there a way to fix that in your opinion
1: um honestly I, I would say features that like Mary was saying get the effort and like I, I, I know everyone's heard it time and time again but we need less character reskinning you know what I mean like I, I like Duke in the whole Bat Family situation, but if I'm being honest with you, he's just a black dude in a yellow bat suit. Honestly, <laughs> straight up, it's the same thing with Batwing. It was oh, Lucius helps me. I'm gonna put his son in a bat suit. Okay, can we just stop putting him in bat suits? You know, Valzon Black Superman. That was just, mm, I like it. They're cool concepts, but they're not original. They don't have. They lack the black struggle. Does that make sense? In a way, a lot, a lot of these original characters lack that struggle, and like with Batman, Duke kind of has a little bit, but it's—I uh, don't know. Batman has this habit of adopting uh, ethnic kids, so uh, like, it's—it's it's tough. I don't know, man. I—I honestly, I wish I had the answers for that, but I, I want there just to be good original black characters. Can I jump? It.
2: Can I jump on Travis's point for a second? Go for it. About, you know, the, the, the reskinning of characters. I think that's why Icon worked so well. Yes. Is that Icon wasn't just a black version of Superman. He You know, they have very similar origins. They absolutely do. And that was done on purpose. Icon has his own backstory that is not coupled with Superman at all. Does that make sense? Am I yes. talking sense?
1: No, you it makes perfect sense. He has he's like fundamentally I guess in power set, he's like Superman, but as a character, you relate to him far differently.
0: Like just just his entire origin of him like growing up and like like understanding um, the black struggle from afar and even doing well for himself as a lawyer, you see that entire development of him going, I need to help these people. And it, it it blows you away as you read it because I've been going back through and finally reading I, like when I was a kid I only read set, like bits and pieces of it but now going back through and reading Icon it's just amazing so I definitely see that point and like when Black Lightning first came out he was an original concept I, like Tony and Isabella talks about all the time that when he came in the DC they were going to do something so much more bad.
1: As a black character? <laughs> oh my god. Oh, Travis, the, the, have I told you that story? No, but I can't help it. I need to plug in my favorite moment of Harvey Birdman. Oh <laughs> god. <laughs> okay. Uh, Aquaman asked me <laughs> why they call you Black Lightning. I was like, why don't they just call you Whitefish?
0: <laughs> oh god. Oh god. <laughs> But no, um, when Tony is, like if you like I did an interview with him before, and he he told me this story about how when he walked into d c they had this idea of a character that went like when he would go to sleep or when he would say uh i think it was black power he would he was a fat white guy that would turn into a muscular b- a brown man, and he would. And he would fight crime during the day. He had like split personality disorders. So one didn't know the other. And he walks in as, a, as, a, as, a, as a, a big old white guy and goes, this is bad. I'm from Cleveland. We will get sued. We will, like the NAACP will come for our ass. And, and like, so they end up changing
1: the entire concept and creating Black Lightning. Oh my God. Uh, yeah. Because then a whole other concept was a guy who caught the Negro. Like, wow. Oh my God. Uh, I've never heard that before. That's something else. <laughs> what's, what's even funnier is during Dwayne
0: McDuffie's run of um, Justice League, he had oh, a God. he had a specific like there was a thing where Vixen went uh, dimension hopping, and um, in one of the dimensions there was a team of Justice League that was totally different than theirs. In one of the Justice League chairs, there's this fat white guy who calls himself the Brown Bomber, and he says Black Power, and turns
1: <laughs> into a black dude. I was like, no, no. That's just something else, dude. I just know. Fred Hampton is rolling in his grave.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but no, um, this is definitely something we're going to dive into deeper in a few weeks on our newest podcast, Blurred Grounds. I definitely recommend that you come check it out. It's going to be amazing. We are recording a, a beta test episode for you guys next week. It's going to be our preview episode to show you guys what we're all about. So definitely check that out once we have that going live for you folks. Going into our next Topic, I am so happy right now. (laughs) (laughs) My man, my lord and savior, that is Jeff Lemire, is writing a question book for, for Black Label. Like... I don't really care about the Joker book. Like, he's writing a book called uh, Joker Killer Smile. But the only reason why I didn't just move past it is because of the fact that he's teaming back up with Andrea Sorrentino. And now I have to read it. Because when those two get together, it's just, like, boom. Like, it's magic. Like, if you have ever seen their old man, Logan, it... Mmm. Mmm. Honey, let me tell you. Like, mmm. That is just amazing. So, the and, like, um... Milestone veteran Dennis Cowan is going to be helping out with art on The Question. And it, I'm, I'm so excited for this. Like, there was the possibility recently that Renee Montoya was going to take over the role of The Question in the Lois Lane book. And so this kind of gives me hope that, like, Renee's going to be The Question coming along. And, like, maybe they'll kill Vic Sage in the main timeline and just let him be a black label character i would love that because that way i could have the best of both worlds that's just me well
2: what thing is that uh in lois lane issue one she does meet with a faceless woman in a fedora and greg rucka very famously is the one who wrote renee as the question in 52 mm-hmm Montoya, as we know in Solicitation, is popping up in issue three of Lois Lane. So if Greg doesn't reinstate her as the question or a question-related character, I will eat my hat.
0: (laughs) Are you even wearing a hat?
2: But I have several.
0: (laughs) It has to be your Wonder Woman hat that you eat.
2: But we know that um, Vic Sage's question is going to show up in Event Leviathan. So I'm not 100% sure what's going on there, but I know Greg has wanted to. Renee wanted her back as the question for a very long time.
0: Does Lois Lane take place after Le- Event Leviathan or during? Not figured that out yet. Cause like that'd be kind of cool if things sort of like like on like a uh, Marvel to that entire situation. Just put it after and like yeah, Renee's the question now, and Vic Sage dies when he just came back, and it's like. No, but no, go read him in Black Label. Like that'd be so cool. I'm so excited. Like ah, like just just the idea of him writing this book after all the work on Black Hammer. Like the like his recent uh, Century book was so good, and I'm just everything I read by this man is just so good. And he he does so well with writing fantasy and horror that like having that little bit of mystery to it. Could be really well done in a black label book with Vic Sage. Like that, that gritty detective work sounds like something. Yeah. I, oh my god,
1: mm. needed in my
0: life. Travis, like, please tell me you're excited about any of this.
1: Yo, I, I honestly like. I'm letting you go off because I like him for the same <laughs> reason I like Batman. You know what I mean? It, like, just the walking into the crime scene, breaking it down, finding just. Oh, dude, I love the. I love watching the question work. Like he needs the
0: inspiration for Warshak, so like, it, it's gonna be amazing. Right. Uh. I'm just. I, I, I thought that was a great announcement that, that that came over recently. And then the other big announcement is that John Carpenter is writing a Joker one shot for Year of the Villain, and apparently that's what I'm it, excited for. And it's apparently supposed to like give Joker his groove back, and. My question is, are we still waiting for three Jokers? Like, <laughs> why do why do we need Joker to get his groove back? He was doing fine in Justice League. Like, he popped up in Batman a couple times recently. Like, like uh, do we does he need his groove back? I thought he
1: had his groove. Like, what's going on? I, I would on? say yes. I I'd say he definitely needs his groove back cuz like the Joker's always the Joker and that'll never change, but we haven't seen him do much. Like, since since Death of the Family almost, so, or no, since he Jokerized the Justice League. Yeah, so like, like, so, during, end, so during
0: Endgame, like, he's been doing stuff for a hot minute.
1: Uh, I just, I feel like he hasn't been as menacing as he's been in the past, if that makes sense. Okay. okay. He's
2: just generic psycho killer.
1: Yeah, there's none of that, like... I remember reading a one-shot back in the day, and I please someone shout out the title if you remember it, where he gets out of Arkham, one of his henchmen has Harley as, like, a stripper, and he okay. skins that dude alive. He skins that dude alive and throws him on stage and then just takes Harley out of the place. Damn. It That was probably one of the most, like, impacting moments I've ever had reading the Joker. Damn. And we haven't, like, I haven't seen that craziness, that, and that's why I say Death of the Family, because, like, the... The chill you got when you were reading literally black pages of just black panels with Joker trying to tell a joke, people screaming, and then him breaking a neck. And so, like, Black Label opens up this whole thing of where we can get that and probably much worse. And I'm, I'm sick and twisted enough to enjoy it.
0: <laughs> See, I, I think this has some promise now granted I was starting to get used to the idea of like a three Jokers thing where Scott Snyder's Joker can have his Dionysium and just be him and then like we'll have other Jokers being malicious and old school and shit but if this is the way they can give him some seriousness then okay cool it's been a minute since Joker has been something cool cause I thought Joker was doing some cool shit during Endgame that was just me but I agree Death of the Family was amazing Mary you do you, I forget if you were the one that said you didn't like the Joker.
2: I, I don't like certain characterizations of the Joker. I'm very picky about him. Okay. Because they can do the psycho killer thing, but there has to be an added element to it.
0: Okay. To make
2: it interesting for me. And I am a huge, huge horror nut of John Carpenter. I mean, The Thing is probably one of my all-time favorite horror movies. Anyone can bring an additional aspect to that kind of, you know, psychotic, gory mess that is the modern Joker. I think it's John Carpenter.
0: Okay. That's fair.
2: I... I kind of, because, you know, I do have an affinity for the Golden Age, and I like that the Joker's characterization is that, you know, he's a criminal, he's a gangster, and the Joker was just his shtick. And then he got progressively more demented as time went on, because, you know, that's the character's progression. They have hit a plateau where you can only be so murdery in a comic book before it gets kind of repetitive and boring.
1: It just meaningless yeah.
2: it's just like oh okay the Joker's here he's gonna kill some people like
1: yeah and, and John... right and I mean I, first some more, more name drops the mind that brought us uh, big trouble in little China I can do some greatness with the Joker okay. and his wacky psycho stuff
0: okay We'll we'll definitely have to check that out when it comes out. I, uh, what is it? October, November, probably November. Well, well, we will definitely have to read that. Now it's time for a discussion, people, because I didn't know. I didn't know w- 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 this was twenty fourteen, fifteen, something like that. The, the, yeah, I didn't. I didn't know it was twenty fourteen. No, it was was 2016. I know it's 2016 where we are back in the age of event after event after event that is Marvel. Because on the heels of War of the Realms ending, we have got the announcement that this November, we have Marvel's Contagion happening. Where this weird virus is taking over like all of the world and we got all these cover reveals we have ed brisson as the writer one cover has the thing being mauled by these creep uh, by um freaking mole people that are infected we got iron fist and power man beating up people we have jessica jones and the new younger asian iron fist from the Comicsology exclusive we have moon knight looking really infected and we have just random heroes infected and it It brings up this problem that I've noticed again, where Marvel is going event crazy again. And I'm kind of concerned, because we have this X-Men thing going on. We have Absolute Carnage coming up. We have this, like, literally as Absolute Carnage is wrapping up. And House of X and and, um, the the other X-Book are going to be going on long term, because Hickman does things long term. And we're reaching this point again, like how we had where... Secret Wars ended, and then as new all different Marvel was starting, we had Civil War 2, and that, that derailed everything, and then we started doing Inhumans vs. X-Men, and we had Monsters Unleashed, and then we had Marvel Legacy, and then we had Secret Empire, and it's just, there's so, I got the last two mixed up, but it's getting to a point again where I can't even look at a Marvel book and have a status quo for five minutes, like, like Uncanny X-Men just ended, AGAIN. Again. What's going on? I don't understand. Someone help me understand.
2: Welcome to Marvel Comics where everything's an event and continuity doesn't matter.
0: Ouch. Yep.
2: I mean, like my my policy for Marvel events is that I just don't I mean, I did not read any of War of the Realms. The only well caveat: I read um, War of the Realms Uncanny X Men for the sole fact that Karma <laughs> was in it. That is the only reason I bought and read those books was because Karma was in them. You didn't care about Danny being a Valkyrie again? Well, you know, I like Valkyrie Danny, I do, but <laughs> I like Car- I like Karma more than I like Danny. <laughs> Fair. But um, no, I just I don't the only time I would actually break down and purchase and read a Marvel event if it's, like, Universe of the Lesbians or something.
0: Dude. Oh, my God. So you're saying an, I... ev- an event surrounding I... America Chavez where, like, everything is the Gabby Rivera timeline.
2: Oh, I, I just keep saying that Marvel needs to do their own version of Bombshells.
0: Dude, they would make so much money.
2: sold like, gangbusters. But, anyway, I digress. No, like, that's just my general... Um, events is that I just I I don't because they're going to dump everything to it it's going to go out across all of the books I skip the issues that are tie-ins like
0: legit like War of the Realms did the same thing Secret Empire did where the tie-ins or like the event had its own tie-ins that weren't actually issues and then there was issues of comics that had tie-ins and I don't I don't I don't understand Travis, I mean, can you explain? No, Mary, you finish your point. I'm sorry.
2: Like, I'm just kind of rolling my eyes at the timing, because you know, deceased is selling really well, and then you have those people that bark up from the back that Marvel did Marvel Zombies first, and, and it's Marvel like,
0: Zombies guess- is coming back too. Like, right?
2: What? <laughs> I mean, like, uh... look, I fully recognize that Marvel did Marvel Zombies first, but I mean.
1: It wasn't good. it's very
2: convenient that they decide to bring it back now after deceased was the highest selling comic for may
0: and to be fair like this isn't the first time dc's technically done zombies like blackest night was a thing granted jeff Johns was swear sort of up and down there they weren't zombies but they were fucking zombies who cares shut up jeff they were zombies <laughs> like just because they didn't eat brains they ate emotions does not mean they weren't zombies <laughs> But, but no uh, Travis what, what do you think about
1: all this event craziness um I it's it's kind of a weird rough take but maybe Marvel doesn't know what to do with all that in-game money <laughs> like I, I like <laughs> that's honestly all I can think of like let's just throw it at the source material ah and that, that's kind of what it feels like like don't get me wrong I I've been seeing bits and pieces of War of the Realms and I've been kind of falling in love with what I've been seeing. Like but... Heimdall,
0: like Heimdall giving Daredevil his sword and making him the all-seeing. Like what? Oh uh,
1: what? Uh, no no. Just the the sticks, dude. Like you are the god without fear. Like ah uh, ah uh, ah uh, that that was amazing for me. But on the same hand, I feel like like with the bringing back of Marvel zombies, it's just like, they're trying to do the spite fights that they're so, you know, well-known for. And I'm not sure what it means for the continuities or the fans. Because everything is so... I don't know. It's like every, every chance they get, they're throwing a giant boulder into the pond and not realizing that the water has to settle.
0: Exactly. It was the same situation with Marvel Light War, or Marvel during Civil War 2, where you these books couldn't get a status quo. Like, literally, Miles' book started and got, like, five issues in. He quit the Avengers, joined the Champions, and Marvel and uh, Civil War II started. So, half of his issues became Civil War II tie-ins. Where, like, the one issue, because Bendis was writing Civil War II, was just a retelling of the, the issue of Civil War II. And I'm just like, why? Like, I... Hopefully, in like a year, like half a year, Marvel will, will realize they messed up again and will calm down with events, but I don't know.
2: I think Marvel's big problem with events is the fact that they have to stuff it all into the main continuity.
0: Ooh. Ooh if we want to be point?
2: those people and compare it apples to apples, DC's multiverse has always been their stronger suit.
0: Ooh, preach.
2: always played very heavily into the multiverse, so you can have a book like Deceased. Which, you know, it is running rampant, or you could have a like not even a book, but a literal saga that was injustice. And you can run these books and because they're, you know, quote unquote Elseworld stories about that affecting your continuity. So you can run all of these books, bombshells, injustice, deceased, and they don't have to deal with the main continuity. Marvel tries to do these one-off events or these big things, they all have to take place in the same continuity. Um, after uh, Runaways number 12, when they actually label that it has been two years between um, when uh, the two characters, Nico and Carlina, tried to get together the first time, and when they actually got together. There was, there was 13 publication years between those two times, but in the comic, they labeled it as two years. Two so years! So- Two years. Two ooh. years. It's been two years.
0: <laughs> it's <If that's something> all <laughs> so happened in two it. years. Um, Went
2: through and listed every single event that has happened in the last two years that supposedly has taken place in the Marvel uh, that has taken place in the Marvel canon.
0: You want me to show uh, me this list.
2: <laughs> secret Invasion, uh, Dark Avengers, like all of these things you know from the X-Men from the Avengers from everything all of this has happened in 2 years
1: oh my god that damn near turns the marvels into like the warhammer for Like, there is only war only and always and then also that doesn't make sense in every instance because secret
0: empire had a giant year gap so that that, that already doesn't make sense from the jump so mm-hmm. i'm i'm just I don't know, Like
2: but... when open the issue, it very clearly says two years ago, and that's something that an editor doesn't miss.
0: So, oh, bro, remember, remember what was it during Marvel Legacy? You had a uh, Quentin Quire in the Thor book, like in, in the Thor book with um the Phoenix Force. You had Jean, uh, young Jean Grey, trying to get the Phoenix Force. You had um Thanos' son with the Phoenix Force, and the Phoenix Force was in Ultimates all at the same time. Like, the editors don't care.
2: (laughs) But, I mean, the fact that all of this crap has only happened in the last couple of years.
0: uh...
2: I think I heard it once said from someone that each year of our time is five years in the Marvel Universe. I mean, I think that's just kind of like a one-off thing, but I think that's where a lot of the event fatigue comes from. Is that, you know, I'm making a separate point entirely now, but... They gotta cram all this stuff into the main continuity. That's where a lot of the 15 comes from. I think pricing and variants are a huge ass problem.
0: Oh yes, variants are just oh my so bad. Oh my gosh,
2: their events are four ninety nine and five ninety nine, and sometimes Marvel even runs nine ninety nine books. Yes. Ugh. As a former comic shop, comic shop employee, I still have nightmares over those ten dollars Deadpool issues. Um, Jeez. It's a, I think it's a perfect storm of crap.
0: Hopefully it doesn't hit of, them in the ass sooner or later.
2: Yeah, and I'm noticing more people are just kind of stepping away from events. War of the Realms was a little different because you had Jason Aaron behind it, and a yes. lot of people love Jason Aaron, especially his Thor stuff.
0: And they wanted to see the culmination of this entire thing that he was building up to.
2: But... You know, it's going to be the same as every Marvel event. There's going to be some, you know, allegedly horrific death of like a B list character that everybody's going to be super upset about, but they'll be back in two years. Like,
0: yeah, that's true. They, they asked understand.
2: Valkyrie, didn't they?
0: No, well, they asked Brunhilda, and then they said, hey, Jane, you're here, here, here Valkyrie now. <laughs> But no, hopefully Marvel can get their crap together. Um, I'm just, I'm, I'm worried about Marvel in general, but hopefully something good happens. But something that good that, that happened recently, perfect segue, that wasn't planning on happening. Um, IDW, now, hold on for a second. If you haven't been reading IDW's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles comics, and you are a Ninja Turtles fan, you are missing out like oh my lord the this comic series is approaching 100 issues and oh, wow. has been it's, it was almost it's in the same vein as, as the the Transformers series that just got rebooted but before that where they were just expanding the lore in so many different ways and having so many more stories and in the, in the in the we're, we're in like the volume like of, of the of the 90s right now where like in the number the number 90s where in the most recent issue um a woman who had to get a transfusion of leonardo's blood has become a turtle and she is going to be the fifth turtle and the new female turtle a part of the team jessica no Jenica. sorry i, I thought i had that it was Jenica. The, now in all honesty I think this would have been the ultimate time to redeem Venus DeMilo from the crappy '90s show. This would have been the, the ultimate time, and they wasted it. But at the same time, I approve of this girl because she has like like she got like Wolverine claws. She's got like a bow and arrow. She's got all this cool stuff. She's she's gonna be wearing like yellow as her color, and it opens up this avenue for new storytelling. And giving uh, like this character a whole new system, and I'm like slowly getting through all of these Ninja Turtle books that I have missed over the years. I'm like, there's so many, but they come. They've been doing this thing. They did the, the Transformers books where they have these giant omnibi that have like amazing art on the cover of like each individual character. They have like 20 of the issues or like 10, 15 of the issues. And they look perfect on your shelf, and they're, they're so—it's such a good series. Um, Mary, how do you feel about us returning to the idea of a female turtle?
2: Are you asking me first because I'm a woman?
0: No, I, I just honestly—I <laughs> didn't know—I didn't know how much of a teenage mutant ninja Turtles fan you I'm were. Sorry, like, I could not resist. No, I, could no, I know, resist. but like, I, 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 I know Travis is, is a ninja turtles fan. I didn't know how much of you one were, so I wanted to see what you thought yeah. of this.
2: Ninja Turtles is limited to my brother's VHS copy of the live action movies from the 80s. Wow. Um, I mean, you know, I watched various iterations of the cartoon as a kid. You know, I had a lot of my brother's toys because I'm sure my 36-year-old brother would love me uh, announcing to the entire internet that uh, he was a Ninja Turtles fanboy. Nice. Um, he still actually has a little Christmas ornament of the Ninja Turtles ice skating.
0: That's awesome.
2: He got it when he was, like, 12. but um, So my experience with them is limited, essentially, to basic knowledge. Um, I always really liked April. Go figure. <laughs> like the fact that we're seeing the progression of the lore. I'm sure there is a group somewhere sitting very angrily in a basement, typing about how girls are ruining things.
0: Oh, God. Talking about... Yes.
2: But, I mean, I think it's cool. Like I said, I'm not super, but it's always nice to see the story progression and narratives uh, take a new direction because rehashing of narratives gets kind of old after
0: a while. That is very true. We're noticing that in current comics that has a lot of frustration to a lot of people that were rehashing so many ideas. Travis, my man. What's up? You and I have been sleeping on this book, and we in trouble, because this book is amazing. Uh,
1: I, I don't know, man. I, I, felt, I felt sweaty, dirty, and used after Batman and Shredder fought, and I was just so... What you uh, mean, bro? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying I don't like to feel that way. It's just that was, how, that was the release I had from seeing that fight. Now, are you talking and about the I, comic or
0: the I, movie, because the movie was bad?
1: Travis, you
2: asshole! I took a drink of something when you said
0: that. <laughs> <laughs> like, was it the movie or the the comic, uh, Batman and the Turtles? Because the movie, the, 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 com- okay.
1: the, the comic. Okay. The movie was bad. The movie was off. Like okay, the the fight was okay in in the movie, but it wasn't nearly what the comics had. The comics was brutal. Yes, it was. Oh God, it was so good. But after that, I kind of, uh, yeah, I slept on the, on the IDW. Oh man. So they're getting a female turtle though. That's insane. I, I, not insane in a bad way, of course.
0: No, no. Like I, I, I honestly wanted like them to like, cause when there was rumblings of this happening, I was like, is it Venus? are we getting venus back can someone write a good venus for me because i actually thought she wasn't a horrible character and then they go no she's new and she's gonna have like wolverine claws and be a badass and i'm like okay like i kind of i kind of wanted psychic venus to milo but all right that's fine
1: i i think my only like skepticism that i'm gonna have right off the bat is like i don't want turtle tits and ass you know? No, like, if you look at the artwork, like, she definitely
0: is a traditional turtle. They're not, like, doing some stupid shit. Thank God. Okay.
2: Not, like, Transformers with boobs or something.
0: Oh, God. Yeah, oh, like, God. it's just so unnecessary. Well, no, Mary, have you ever seen a picture of Venus DeMilo?
2: I think so. It's been many moons.
0: Oh, bro. Google that. Oh, shit. she looks sick. Okay. Oh, yeah, she looked like a badass. I'm here for this. But no, Venus. Venus, Venus literally was a turtle with boobs, and it was weird. Like her literal shell was t- like curved to how she had
1: boobs, and it was just yeah, weird.
0: not how that works.
1: Uh, no, I I can't stand that shit. To be completely honest with you, and I'm sure like I'm speaking, like or Mary is somehow puppeteering me from here, but it's so <laughs> unnecessary. Like
2: <laughs> no, anatomically, man. it's.
1: So incorrect. Did, did right. Got a picture of her. I, I. It came up right under the picture of Janica, and I'm upset. Like,
0: <laughs> like it's it's so like just traumatic looking, and it like seeing okay, that as. Yeah. A... What Mary? Be
2: dope. <laughs>
0: so.
2: I, I am here for those claws.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah, like it looks really badass, but I'm just. Like I, I kind of wish we could have got redemption for Venus, but at the same time, I feel like Jenica has a future. I'm, I kind of, I kind of am weirded out by the fact that like just some turtle blood made her a turtle. But like, I if that's how we gonna do this, like comic books, right? District yeah. nine, like it's comics. Like I, I've seen worse things happen in my life. So like, we 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 live in a world where in Power Rangers the, the children have a flying cars, so anything's possible. So, like, from that, I I think uh, we can move into our next topic that has me just confused. So, after the revelations early in the month that um, DC was going to be downsizing their imprints, that way there was just DC Kids, DC, and Black Label, while also kind of Wonder Comics and kind of Sandman Universe, um, we got the announcement that Constantine was getting a new book, in the Sandman universe: colon Imprint. And okay, yay. But at the same time, I'm scratching my head, going, "Why did you get rid of Vertigo? Like, this this is literally a Vertigo book, and everything but but but, but the header. And I'm tr- I'm trying to understand why.
2: Help, <laughs> but see, this is a reactionary move to the massive backlash of the dumping Vertigo. Because, uh-huh. I mean, you're taking two very popular properties and smooshing them together. That's fair. I have, I have my own weird opinions about Constantine, because I feel like he never quite found a home in the DC universe. No. Well, with Justice League Dark. But he never quite found his area, because they couldn't go as, pardon me expression, balls to the wall as they did but i mean i don't know i just
0: like now granted i will say one of my favorite constantine in the dc universe moments was when in the, the christmas special i think it was like you know this past year the year before where um john uh jonathan convinced clark to let uh, uh john come like john constantine come so that was to so christmas dinner and I was just like, bruh, yes, this is adorable. Because <laughs> Constantine's just bitching about how the world sucks and Christmas sucks and I hate everything. And then Clark just goes, you want to you come to Christmas dinner? And it's like, like yes. <laughs> so, like, it wasn't all bad. Like like Mary said, um, Just League Dark, the first volume was great. Um, I, I, I just, I don't understand what's going on. <laughs> Travis, how do you feel about this? <laughs>
1: Uh, why would you just I don't know it feels like they're just like shoving it into a capsule just everything everything they just got rid of and they took all the complaining like here here okay alright leave me alone please you know <laughs> like it
0: feels like how they did the adventures of super Sons. Like when, like when, um, Supersense was canceled and they aged up John. Like, like, what happened to Supersense? It's over there. Tomasi's doing it right. over there. Like, right. No. If you, you not... want
1: John, go over there. But it's no. it's it's a mid cool it, it it doesn't matter because he's old now. But here's here's my question of the day, uh, the the brain soup, if you will. Is it is it uh, them thinking about the fans of Vertigo or are they spitting in their faces? Because not only the issue I have here is, is like, they're going to get the readers, because it's in the Sandman verse, but Constantine books notoriously die young. That's true.
2: I think it's both, to be honest.
1: It's both? I think it's... (sighs) That
2: hurts. (laughs) What you just said of, like, okay, no, he's over there, go to your corner, like... It feels like okay, here we're gonna give you this, but we're gonna strip it down so much.
1: Right. It's not gonna have nearly the same depth it has. Like you're you're not getting Lucifer. You're not getting really anything except for what Constantine's gonna encounter.
2: Like it's going to a store, asking for a cash return and getting store credit.
0: Yes. Yep. Yes. That's a that's a very good way to explain that. Now, the argument I will give DC if they would utter this argument. Uh by the way Mary you and I need to talk about Ubisoft later um the argument I will give uh d c in this argument is um well, Sandman has the house of whispers, which is related to the house of Secrets, which is a Constantine thing, right guys, and it's like okay, fair, but a you really need you really didn't need to give Gaiman his own imprint you could have just made Gaiman, like. And like a senior editor or editor in chief of vertigo and just let him play with the toy box. But now we have a situation where the Sandman universe colon is its own imprint. That's kind of sitting on mixed legs right now because a couple of the books have hit trade, but we don't know if they're continuing and Constantine's just going to go over there in his little corner. And like, they, like, um, Mary and Travis just said, I don't, I, I don't know what to do with this. Like, like, Freaking um, the question got got a black label book. Why like if you if we if you wanted to like like put the label on it like the uh, black label label if you wanted to put the label on yes we care about mature reading content with black label you could have made a pretty good like like bow to the fans of Vertigo and said John Constantine Vertigo not my Vertigo book once but now as a black label book because of its maturity level, and let it do mature things. But you didn't do that. And it it's, it's makes people question, why isn't Vertigo a thing? Am I making sense here? Am I cocking out of my butt?
1: No, no, you got you it. Make, you got you make, it.
0: Make okay. Hopefully, that ends up working out. I hope it doesn't die on the vine, because the Rebirth series is actually kind of good. I liked uh-huh. it. So hopefully, this one has a chance of holding some ground. We'll see in November if it, it's, it's any good. Um, the other big news that we got the announcement of this. There was so the past two years we've had this book floating in the background that no one's kind of paid attention to. That was X Men Grand Design, which was um, Mar- Marvel allowing a writer to go in and retell the story of the X Men in like sort of like a best of kind of high highlight reel in like a new, about like new art style, new different ways of doing things. It was really well done, and now. We're getting that same thing, but for the Fantastic Four, and I'm excited. And, now granted, I wasn't really feeling the Dark Knight Returns homage with the Ben Grimm cover. That kind of made me cringe a bit. But everything else about this, the idea of trying to teach new readers and get new people on board, or give old fans a treat of, like, Fantastic Four backstory, I love it. I'm 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 on board. <laughs> <laughs> Travis, I forget if you're an FF fan or not.
1: Uh no, not enough to say I'm a fan. I enjoy the the bits and pieces of them I've read, but it's pretty selective and always a recommendation.
0: Okay. Um Mary, before you go in. Um Kai had a question in the chat. Um is gaming even writing those uh new Sandman and Constantine Books, he was the overseer of the Sandman Universe books. He, he was the one who helped find all of the talent for those books, like House Whispers and whatnot. I think he did the first issue of the Sandman book, or whatever it was called. Um, but otherwise, I think he was just overseeing everything. I, I may be wrong, though. But for Constantine, I forget who the creative team is for Constantine. Um... But no, Mary, how do you feel about uh, Grand Design coming to the the FF? Mm,
2: I am making um, grumpy noises. Wow. Very complicated relationship with the Fantastic Four. Ooh,
0: do tell. Um,
2: A lot of reverence for them because my dad um, was a very big fan of the Fantastic Four. And he would come out of his nursing home and slap me if he knew what I was about to say. Oh, no. I think... in a way, kind of boring.
0: What?
2: Yeah, I know, I know. I'm glad that there's a distance between us so you can't reach through my <laughs> microphone and strangle me.
0: No, I don't, I don't care, because I, I, I've heard that opinion before. I not, I know not everyone's on board with the humor, honestly. Like... There, there was a time where even they bored me, but like from civil from civil war all the way until uh Marvel, like it's not Marvel, it was it was Marvel now. I loved every bit of it, and then Hickman put him in the background of Avengers, and I was like, Yay, Hickman, you brought him back. So, and then also, um, what's his name? Slot's been doing okay. So they've they've had their boring points. I will give you that.
2: Um, actually jumping back to the Constantine books, it looks like it's going to be Simon Spurrier. Oh, and, uh, God! Simon Spurrier and Marco uh, Tamaki. Wait, uh, wait they're new, both
0: writing it?
2: Read that. No, it's Simon Spurrier writing it.
0: Okay. Why Simon Spurrier?
2: <laughs> okay. Um... The Sandman Universe presents Hellblazer number one will arrive October 30th from the dreaming writer Simon Spurrier.
0: That could either be a really good thing or a really bad thing because, like, Cy is, like, he, he has such a weird track record of either doing really bad or really good because he wrote an X-Force book that was horrible and then went over to Magneto and did really good. So he's a, he's a very mixed bag, and I don't like the idea of him writing Hellblazer.
2: He, he's knocking it out of the park with Dr. Afra. But, He's running Dr. Effort? What? Okay. So, uh, he, t- he took over the book after Gillen
0: left. Oh, some bitch. I didn't know
2: Jumping back to my thoughts about the Fantastic Four, um, primarily in nostalgia these days. That And, you know, even, you know, reading from my dad's old Silver Age copy, the remaining Silver Age copies of Fantastic Four that he had through the 80s, through the 90s, through the early 2000s, I kind of dropped off around Hickman. But they're kind of hard to update. That's true. I think the resurgence that we had, what was it, last year when Slot brought them back? Yeah. That... It was an interesting reintroduction, and they've changed just enough. It's just... it's kind of a standstill. I think the Fantastic Four have gotten to the point where the villains are more interesting than they are. Okay. And I feel that, you know, this uh, Fantastic Four grand design, which is kind of going to be really Kirby-esque, Pretty much for the nostalgia sales, and I know X Men Grand Design was the same thing. Yeah, I feel like the resurgence of the Fantastic Four, in terms of where they wanted it, I think it flopped.
0: Yeah, it's yes. like it's still doing like top one hundred numbers. It's doing pretty good, but like it, it isn't it isn't the big shock they thought it'd be, which you kind of can't expect it to because the. The mistake they made was thinking they could cancel the first, like the first family, like it's going to do average numbers because it's a Marvel mainstay. Like it, can, it, it shouldn't be expected to do great. But the thing is, and someone, um, like e- anyway, um, th- like someone made the argument uh, a while back that the Fantastic Four. I think it was Jason Inman of Geek History Lesson. Um, he. Made the argument that the Fantastic Four should just be in a time capsule, so similar to how um, the Shazam universe or the like the, the Marvel universe in the DC thing like the one little planet where it's like everything's like old school and Billy Batson gets to be Captain Marvel and all that jazz. Like, I kind of like that idea of like old school, like stories of them together, like doing adventures. That would be kind of cool to keep the Fantastic Four interesting. But also nostalgic for people who like that Kirby esque storytelling.
2: It's not necessarily Johnny and Ben. I think it's the Richards family.
0: Ooh.
2: We're so far removed because, I mean, they were kneecapped long before they were written out in Secret Wars. Yeah. We all know it was because of the movie thing. I mean, The Fantastic Four was kneecapped long before um, Secret Wars and having reads and the kids just kind of disappear and you know they're gone for what a good 3 or 4 years in actual publication time. Yep. Nothing really changed with their absence. I kind of feel like I'm talking out of my ass a little here but No, at the no, same you're
0: making time- very valid points
2: and sue specifically can be hard to update because he's the super smart science man and she's the loving wife with really no agency I know some so I always really liked sue but I feel like she didn't have a lot of agency as her own character outside of her family
0: she had a she has a solo mini right now that the first issue just dropped and it's it was okay but because
2: like, um, I picked it up I picked it up and I read it before we did the show. And I actually really liked it. I like that we're kind of seeing Sue by herself. Wade isolates her from the family to tell this story. Makes it seem like they don't care about her.
0: Yeah.
2: Everyone's ignoring her. The kids are ignoring her. Wade's ignoring her. So she goes out for
0: coffee. I respect that. <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, I respect my-
2: I've noticed that Reed and Sue have popped up in all of these different places and they're trying to kind of write them back in as essentially like the two big universe that they used to be. They were... My my dad used to joke that they were the parents of the Marvel Universe. He is not technically incorrect. But it's going to sell because nostalgia always sells. Yes. And if you're doing an homage to Kirby, I love Jack Kirby just as much as everyone else. If you're doing an homage to Kirby, it's going to do great, really good. Um, But in terms of Fantastic Four themselves, I am relatively lukewarm on. I think Future Foundation is going to be their last chance to really boot the Fantastic Four back into high gear. Spiritorial grumpy rant for the night, I guess I do that really well.
0: That was really good. And like, you made a very valid point. Like they do seem like they're struggling. So I I do, I do see where you're coming from.
2: I'm not talking in terms of like critically, I'm talking about where Marvel wanted them sales wise. I think that's where it flopped. I feel like I'm all over the place.
0: You good, hon. You good. (laughs) Well, Well, let's move on to the main topic of the evening. Because not yes, Mary made some great points, but here is the big chunk of the end of the of the show. So, this week, that I put that. This week, <laughs> wait, what did you? What do you? What did you, what did you <laughs> don't mess with the Google Doc. Um, <laughs> the, this week, oh, uh, AT and T, uh, like who are the owners of of Time Warner announced that they are going to be creating their own streaming service! Yeah, no. Um, it is dumb. It's dumb. They're basically going to take HBO and make it the hub of all these different things and calling it HBO Max. And we're going to have... It's going to be the exclusive home of Friends <laughs> and Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, which means TBS can cry because Fresh Prince of Bel-Air is leaving syndication. Um, it's going to be... The exclusive streaming platform for Batwoman, so now Mary has to buy it, um, and it's hey, it, and it's, it's going to be the like the like the exclusive uh, streaming channel for everything Cartoon Network, aka 18 Titans Go, because it's all they play now. Um, and hey, the, hey. Teen Titans Go is amazing. It is, thank you. It is an amazing <laughs> show. It. I never said anything against it, but the problem we might need to do that as an episode, just talking about Teen Titans Go. But anyway, um, but like it, it's the only thing they play, and it's frustrating. But um, no, and now and now apparently TBS, CNN, Boomerang, which is already its own streaming service through Amazon Prime and the Verve uh, app that everyone uh, runs their stuff through, so that might be a problem in the future. Cartoon Network, Adult Swim, uh, HBO shows like Game of Thrones, DC comic movies like Wonder Woman, Aquaman, Shazam, um, True TV, TNT—they're all going to be a part of this giant thing, and that we didn't know what the price was. Disney came out the cut and said seven dollars. These fools couldn't give us a price, <laughs> and that's terrifying. Yeah, and especially because like apparently HBO Go and HBO Now or whatever are like super expensive. So it leaves it leaves the idea of yeah this is going to be super expensive. So, I, I wanted to bring this up as the idea of are streaming services beginning to be a problem?
1: Yes. <laughs> I at that what question. point? At what point are are they just replacing cable? That was that, that's, that's
0: the thing. Like we, we we're getting to a point now with. Disney Plus drops in November. We have DC Universe. We have, um, freaking, we, we have Amazon Prime, Hulu, Netflix. We have all these things. CBS All Access or whatever to watch a Star Trek. Like, all these things to watch. NBC's
2: watching their own, too.
0: NBC's watching their own? Oh, my God. Um, all this stuff. They're pulling and... the office on Netflix. Oh, God. Ugh, it's. It's this, this. We're getting to this point where, um, all of these, like, cord cutters like netflix was the reason to become a cord cutter where you didn't believe in cable television anymore but now all these streaming servers are adding up to be more expensive than just cable and that's not what the whole point of it was and it's kind of looking scary
1: (laughs) well like i was i was pretty much on top uh like with the whole cable thing for a bit i remember having a conversation with my mom about it she was paying like Several hundred bucks for everything she got through Network or DirecTV. And I'm getting the same stuff from Hulu and Netflix for a fraction of that. And now, with, like, because I have to get Disney as a dad. Uh, that's got to be a struggle
0: I, for you being a father, man. Like, that's Bro, I spe-
1: like... Especially, like, I've been raising my child on Cartoon Network, and it's been on Hulu. So this this really hurts, because, like, we just finished Steven Universe, for example. We watched Teen Titans Go Daily, uh, The Adventures of Gumball, regular show. Like, all of that stuff that, like, I have tried to show my kid, I now have to pay who knows what to continue that legacy with her, because, man, I... I if I can't end the fiction series for myself, I can't do it for her. So now, now I know there are other parents that are out there like me. How much of a of a racket is this becoming? Mm.
0: Mm. Like you know, all these parents that are about to be out here in the cut, having to listen to "Let It Go" every other minute once, DC, once Disney uh, Plus drops, it is going to be living torture for them. And, I, and my heart breaks for y'all. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go watch my, my old school Disney like. I'm gonna be watching Tailspin while y'all are watching Frozen for the 50th <laughs> time, but like that's just me. Like, I like I, I know I'm, I'm a Disney kid. Leave me alone. But no, like I, my heart breaks, and it's getting to the point where people can't pay their bills. Like we we already had the problem where most people who wanted to watch Game of Thrones were doing uh, 30 day like 30 day trials or whatever. So what's gonna happen here if there's like everything you want to watch on basic cable is now on HBO Max? It's like really
1: Law just gonna <laughs> i don't know
2: it's just gonna it's just gonna resort in a rise of piracy
1: yep pi- yep yep another rise of piracy Another. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and like not like and, well, it, 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 go ahead mary
2: just gonna remark that um like you guys were saying the lack of an advertised price for hbo max that worries me yes because they're dumping Air into thing. this And, you know, especially with the HBO content alone. As much as I love Warner Brothers and not necessarily Warner Brothers, but they have a habit of sticking their foot in their mouth. Mm. So the intro price is going to be way too high. Mm. For Disney Plus being $7, that's maybe going to last a year before they jack it up. Yeah. Because point, people will stop going to the movie theater
0: oh a movie
2: comes out and you can just wait for it wait for it to hit Disney plus no Disney's gonna jack that up ooh. Ooh, right. because if you've got you know five kids that you're raising on Disney and you spend several hundred dollars to get them to the movie theater but you just wait for it to wait for it to hit Disney plus now they're gonna jack those prices up
0: that's true and then DC. go for it
2: Oh, no, I was just going to say that. I think DC Universe is slowly starting to siphon off their media content because they just dumped a bunch of movies off of it.
0: Yeah, they freaking dropped Watchmen on there. And I was going to watch Watchmen and I was happy as hell.
2: They pulled off a lot of their animated movies. They pulled off like Superman 3 and 4. I mean, they're pulling off uh, the 90s Batman movies. Wow. And I slowly start siphoning off their content and sticking it into HBO Max. Uh, DC universe, I think Doom Patrol is gonna be the bargaining chip.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And got
2: Swamp Thing got axed because of, you know, typos. And patrol has not been confirmed but if you look at the dc lineup for san diego they're getting a panel they're doing signings they're releasing it on blu-ray like it's getting a second season
0: yeah so I i think
2: warner media is gonna trip and fall on their face in the mud because you know i'm looking you know if you content alone you've Game of Thrones, Big Little Lies, John Oliver, probably about 30 bucks. Yeah. I mean, because friends, just just all of these There's content in this one app, I think we're going to be looking at a sizable package price up to 30 bucks.
0: And like that kind of number versus other things like Netflix, that's like less than ten dollars, and and Disney. Like I don't think Disney has the has the the gut to go past ten to twelve dollars. I don't think they got the they got the gall because that would shoot them in the foot too hard. They, they, like they've tried to do like streaming older movies a little bit in the past, like even video on demand channels and stuff, and that didn't work. So they if they screw up their plot of land and like before um, Warner does then it's gonna look really bad so I feel like Disney's gonna keep it at a steady flow even if like a couple cents it won't rise past 12 in my opinion but it does my only
2: concern for Disney Plus is that they've announced a lot of these Disney Plus exclusive shows and yet Disney has the money streaming service in a deficit or you know uh, um, in the red but will they actually want to do that again this is all conspiratorial tin you know tinfoil hat theories on my part but hbo max is gonna be gonna be a clusterfuck and the fact that it's called hbo you know it's gonna be pricey
1: Uh, oh yeah uh,
0: we'll
2: probably find out at comic-con
0: yeah like, it raises the question of like things like Runaways and Titans and Doom Patrol and Marvel and Netflix. All, like, I'm so sad. Like, my ho- I, I, we were talking about this on Living on the Edge. I really hope that Charlie Cox gives another shot at Daredevil in the, in the Spider-Man sequel. I'm hoping for that, but that's beside the point. Um, but all these things, like and then we're still having the problem of basic communication or even understanding with um, DC Universe and all these other streaming services in other countries. Like, what's gonna happen when, like, like is is HBO Max gonna support other countries, like, like we, we hear complaints on the daily. If you look at almost every tweet DC Universe puts out, it, it's peep like the, the replies are people wondering when it's gonna go international. And that's sad. well,
2: DC DC Universe and Hulu are U.S. only streaming services. So, um, you know, I'm a huge fan of the Runaways and. You know, when you're in the Runaways fandom, there are a lot of international fans, and they're pirating the show. Cool. Uh, international fans are pirating Doom Patrol, they're pirating cool. Titans, and like benefit of wanting these to be U.S. based things, but you're shooting yourself in the foot. Yeah, Doom Patrol um, is airing on a channel in Canada, and I know it's on like HBO in Spain themselves in the foot by having these be U.S.-based platforms, and you don't know if Disney Plus is going to be the same thing, if um, HBO Max is going to be the same thing, because the big issue is licensing. Yes. Have certain censorship laws, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. That you don't have to run into those restrictions when you're pirating it, and I, I am not advocating for anyone to pirate anything. This is what's going to happen.
0: It's it's, it's the truth, and it sucks. Honestly,
2: feelings about this, so I'm gonna let you two
0: talk. No, like, tr- tr- <laughs> I, like I really want to understand like your opinion though, because like you as a single, like, I, like you as a father, I have to be like the worst thing trying to think about how this is gonna add up the bill.
1: Uh, honestly, like I'm, I'm tired. I have subscription fatigue. That's that's the best way I can put it. Uh, between this, the Netflix and the Hulu I already have, I'm I'm doing okay, but it, within the budget because I'm pretty below the poverty line. You know what I mean? I'm mm. gonna have to pick and choose what to get, and it looks like I'm gonna have to be trying to change that, let it go for some power line, or or bust. You know what I mean? Because Disney's gonna have what I need as a parent. Yeah. Which is more important. I can just play video games or paint or something. Oh, absolutely. Uh,
0: that sucks. Screwed up. See, Travis, this is why you need to just move out here and like, live in the Midwest instead of paying them California prices.
1: Oh,
0: <laughs> see, the, the thing oh, is, is that...
1: Stay I, away from I the Midwest, bro. <laughs> Uh, yeah, he, yeah be I, de-
0: he wouldn't be in hundred degree weather if he was if he was over here. Ninety three today. He it's a, yeah, but that's not it's not, a, it's not over a hundred and ten. This boy out here it's a right? hundred
1: and thirteen over here. Oh my yeah. god, like hundred and
0: thirteen. Like I'll take ninety over a hundred and thirteen. That sounds like death incarnate. Did <laughs> he? <laughs> So, yeah, just come up, come up, move out here, man. Like, get away from that heat. Get away from them them high prices. We we, we got it. like, don't do it. (laughs) But
1: but no. I just need to get out of the boonies so I can get some better internet. That's all. (laughs) All right. Well, we
0: have reached sort of the climax of the show where we give you our recommendations for the past week when it comes to comic books. Um. While my comrades prepare their recommendations, I would like to pimp out um, a very special book from Marvel. Because I don't, I don't, I don't rep Marvel that much when it comes to my recommendations. I usually like to go for the indie pick. But Marvel released a book this week by uh, uh, one of my not most favorite writers, uh, Mark Guggenheim. I'm not, a, I'm not a big fan of him because X-Men Gold was trash. But you know what? He gave, he gave me something good this week. Uh if you go to your local comic book store you will find a book and uh, that that's, that's I believe is either a one shot or it is a mini I forget it, it reads like a one shot but you know what it was damn good Wolverine versus Blade oh my god <laughs> like I'm not, well, I remember when I was I remember when I was when I was in uh middle school that it was around the time that the X-Men had moved to Utopia there was this this uh, small volume of the X-Men book called Curse of the Mutants, where Wolverine and Jubilee were turned into vampires. And um, Wolverine's healing factor stopped him from being a vampire, but uh, Dracula tried to turn Jubilee into a hoe. And all, that whole mess went down, and like Blade came in and tried to help everybody. And that same camaraderie that Wolverine and Blade had there, they have here. And it's so well done. It's so cool. Like, Blade is witty. And it makes me want another Blade comic. I want it so badly. And no one will give it to me. I don't care about Strike Force. I don't, like, just no. But, like, I, I, I really enjoyed this book. I, I recommend that this is a pickup to anybody. I, I see what the artist was doing. Um, what's his name? Um, I see what Dave Wilkins was doing, because he made Blade look like Michael Jai White, he made him look like Spawn, almost like he wants to fan cast Michael Jai White as Blade, so I see what you did there, sir, I see what you did, but, like, just like a like, reference, there's this joke at the beginning of the book where um Blade sets a whole like, room on fire, oh I wait mean, no, it wasn't Blade, uh, Wolverine's stupid little hot claws ability he has now. Uh, he burns a bunch of corpses and shit, and Blade go like Blade says something stupid like, I'm going to give this place a pretty uh, th- thorough torching besides what you did. You're welcome to stick around. I brought marshmallows. And, and uh, Wolverine's like, that's an old joke, bub. And this fool pops out a marshmallow and says, who's joking? <laughs> like, it gives you that old school feel that you've missed of, like, camaraderie like that. And I, I loved it to death. So if you're a blade fan or a wolverine fan or just want a really good bloody gory fun time, I recommend this book. <laughs> um Travis, what is your pick for this week?
1: Uh Detective Comics 1007. For sure. Uh, is it, this is this is the the second time he's rolling around with the Spectre, but I I liked it so much because it has that one element that I like like in the we talked about it before, the Batman fatigue, but in the midst of it, they they Tomasi brought me in a very beautifully written manner his detective skills and how he's able to walk into a crime scene and pretty much look at what's going on. And he knows where everything came from, what's been done. Like there's a part where he pulls a piece of wood out and figures out like it's from this weird – I don't want to spoil it, but it, the, the analysis that he has is off the chain. Is it
0: Victor
1: Jim Corrigan again?
0: Oh, yeah. Okay. (laughs) Alright, alright. Well, that's definitely a pick-up for folks. Um, Mary, what is your recommendation for the week?
2: I also have one for last week because we didn't do a show last week. Alright, cool. But... My to the surprise of absolutely no one, is Lois Lane number one.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: to the surprise of absolutely no one, I'm going to recommend a Greg Rucka
0: book. Okay. Right.
2: Uh, Lois Lane number one is setting up what is going to be an, a noir reporter thriller is really the only way I can describe it. Spiritual success. And I can, I can confidently say this after one issue, but it is the spiritual successor to Gotham Central. So, if you like that gritty noir realism that Greg Rucka brought to brought to Gotham Central, you will need to check out Lois Lane. All right. I actually wrote a really in depth review about it, so it you can so check good. out you can check out my review on our website.
0: Yes, you can. All right.
2: My recommendation for this week is bringing it all back around full circle is Naomi Number Six.
0: Yay! All right. It
2: brings, it bring, it closes out this first arc and it's just ugh, my heart. Oh, oh. I'm done. I'm
0: done. <laughs> I need to like make a meme of you just go up my heart. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, folks. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in with us for, for this hour and a half, having a good time talking about comic books and such. Don't forget to follow the podcast on Twitter at PGP underscore podcast. Don't forget to follow the website, Twitter on comics ground. And our Instagram on Comics Ground. Check out the website every weekday for news, reviews, and opinion pieces about the latest comic books. We love talking about comic books with you guys. We love giving you the news about everything in comics and nerd culture. So please come hang out with us at oncomicsground.com. And as always, my name is James Portis. My closing statement for the evening is always support your local comic book shop and find a book for you. There is a book out there for everybody. So please find it and enjoy reading. Travis, what is your closing statement for the evening?
1: oh man we need more better joker stories oh god (laughs) thank you john carpenter
0: (laughs) (laughs) mary what's your closing statement for issue 10
2: heart like my heart (laughs) that is that is my closing statement is my heart
0: okay (laughs) well uh, in memory of dwayne mcduffie we will sign off